0: You're listening to Being Autistic. I'm your host, Shelly, and I am a 50-year-old woman sharing my experiences about what it's like to grow up knowing I was different but not knowing why, how I learned I was on the autism spectrum, and what it's like to be autistic. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number three of Being Autistic. This episode, I'm going to focus on just informing you on what autism is. So it's basically going to be like an introduction. And this is designed for anybody who has not yet been diagnosed, who might think that they have autism, but they're not sure, or people that maybe have been recently diagnosed and just want the facts, the basic information, like a general overview of what autism actually is. So I'm going to keep it very simple. I'm going to start off with some definitions. So the word autistic, this actually comes from a Greek word, um, which is spelled A-U-T-O-S. And I think that's pronounced autos. And this word means self. So um, this is, this means that autistic people focus on the self. Focus on their internal world, and this might be, you know, why a lot of autistic people get um, accused of being selfish because we are really absorbed in our internal world and we're very logical about it, so it's not too much focused on the outside world or other people, which is. Um, the other word, that the the other word for the other people would be allistic, not autistic. So allistic comes from the Greek word allos, which is spelled A L L O S, and that means other. So allistic people are people who are not autistic. Um, another name for this is neurotypical or neurodivergent. The the neurodivergent would be the autistic person, and so basically. Neurotypes are brain types and neurotypical is the majority of the people and that is why autistic people are in the minority because we are neurodivergent. Now here's where I'm going to explain a little bit more about neurodivergence. This does not just include autism. Neurodivergence also includes people with um, different types of brain neurotypes such as um, ADHD, Um, what are some of the other ones that I'm forgetting now? Um, Just a lot of different ways that the brain works. Um, So there's there's a neurodiversity map that you can find online and it kind of shows that there's two ends. There's typical neurotypical people and then there's autistic people on the other end but then in between there are overlapping areas where you can be non-autistic but you still have some neurodivergent traits so i'm really try. i should have done some more uh, research on this but basically um the the main ones that i hear that are also included in neurodivergence are adhd um so I'm gonna just move on to the next thing I wanted to talk about now, which was some facts about autism, autism spectrum disorder. So these are gonna be the basic things that I think everybody needs to know about autism. So this can kind of help explain what I was trying to explain a second ago, that autism or actually the whole spectrum, the autism spectrum is a cluster of traits that vary with each individual many people think mistakenly that the spectrum goes from mild to severe meaning that those on the mild end would only show a few symptoms and those on the severe end show a lot of symptoms but in reality there are different categories of traits that encompass the spectrum and people will show different sets of traits in different categories. In other words, every autistic person is uniquely different. Although the majority of them do share many commonalities, but there's a saying that once you've met one autistic person you've met one autistic person. And I hear that all the time because really, you can meet someone else who has autism and they might have a completely different set of um, what they can handle as far as sensitivities, um, all their interests are going to be different, just all sorts of different things. So that's very crucial to understand. So the next Important fact about autism that you should know is that autistic brains are not broken. They're just different Many autistic people feel like they are broken in some way and I felt this too but this is a myth and this is Perpetuated by the majority of people who have neurotypical brains and the society that we live in the society that we live in was built to conform to the majority which makes sense you know because if if a majority of anything has control of course most things are going to be catered towards them so this whole thing just makes autistic people appear strange or weird simply because they are not in the majority not fitting into society only makes us appear broken but basically there's different like the neurotypes you know it's it's not about something being wrong it's about something being different but anytime any part of society is different they are seen as less than they are seen as broken or whatever and that's you know let's say that you knew somebody that was blind you would not say that they were broken as a human being They just can't see what we see and the world is set up mostly that you need to be able to see to be able to do things. And so in a world of only blind people, there would be nothing wrong with the blind person. Same with autistic brains. So just remember that we are not broken. We are just different. The next thing is to impo- that is important to know is that autism is not an illness or a disease. This is a controversial subject because many people claim that autism is caused by something in the, the child's external environment after they are born. But, well, here's where I'm also gonna say that. Um, I have not, I'm not an expert on science. <laughs> I just know what I've learned and so far it's my consensus that it's a neurological developmental c- condition meaning that the brain develops in utero to be this way from birth however I'm not going to sit here and claim that there are no external causes of this because there could be um, so I'm, I'm not going to dive too deep into that because it's controversial and I'm not an expert. So all I know is that um, it's commonly accepted nowadays as science progresses, that it's, it has not been proven to be caused by anything that a lot of people claim that it is. Mostly it can be a culmination of different factors. So let's just say that. Let's just keep it at that. (laughs) So the next thing that I want to talk about is the fact that autism is considered a disability by the American Disabilities Act. So by getting a diagnosis, someone is able to receive support to help them navigate life easier. This is obviously ideal, but unfortunately, many people slip through the cracks like me and other adults that were late diagnosed because we have lived most of our lives without knowing. And so we were not able to get these supports. So the American Disabilities Act is set up mostly for people that need to request accommodations at their job or accommodations in school. And of course, this is why getting diagnosed as a child is what I would think would be better because you would have access to those accommodations in school. So the next thing that I wanna talk about is A huge reason why I started this podcast in the first place, and that is that girls and women are unfortunately underdiagnosed. This is due to the criteria for autism spectrum disorder being created with young boys in mind. So most people will say that they didn't know about autism until they heard or seen or saw a, a movie about a a man or a boy that had autism or knew a lot of boys in their school that had autism. Because boys generally are diagnosed more often. They present autism traits differently. I would dare say they, they present them more blatantly, more obviously than girls, generally. So, girls tend to fit in better with neurotypical people through the use of masking, which is another name for suppressing your autistic traits and pretending to be typical, a neurotypical person. Of course, this does not mean that boys don't mask. This just means that for whatever reason, and there are lots of them, girls just have an easier time fitting in with typical girls. And this can lead to anxiety depression and burnout which I have experienced all three and I would say that I'm currently dealing with all three of them so the good news is that more and more adult women are now being diagnosed as autism awareness becomes more widespread so this is a huge reason why I started this podcast because I uh, I kind of went through all the podcasts that were out there, and a lot of them were um, f- uh, males, and I wanted I wanted to focus more on the girls and women side of it because, like I said, they're underdiagnosed, and I didn't. I don't want a lot of women out there thinking that they're broken, like I was. I want to try to help as many women as possible, so that is why I started this podcast. And another thing, well, that that I was about to go off on a tangent, but I won't, <laughs> I need to stay on track. Autistic people tend to ramble and I am going to try not to do that in this episode. I'm really trying to talk about just the basic facts about autism. And I've got one more thing that I wanted to bring up as far as a important fact that I think people should know. And that is that people on the spectrum often have other coexisting mental health conditions. So. Autism goes hand in hand with a variety of other mental health disorders, including ADHD, anxiety disorder, depression, PTSD, um, Tourette syndrome, bipolar personality disorder, obsessive compulsive personality disorders, PTSD, and, and you know, a lot of these could also be considered neurodivergent things as well, like um, the Tourette's and bipolar. So basically, if you've got one, you've probably got more than one. And for me, those things were anxiety and depression and delayed sleep phase syndrome. And I do believe that I have PTSD from trauma, from being undiagnosed. And that's something I hear a lot of. So if you suffered with anxiety and depression your whole life, Um, And other like nervous system disorder type things. That's probably PTSD and If you do end up getting diagnosed with autism, then there's a good chance that that's all included in that Because I heard a lot that living with undiagnosed autism causes anxiety and depression and PTSD because it's traumatic in itself just to go through life being treated differently without knowing why it's almost like a form of abuse. And so this leads to masking, which, as I mentioned earlier, is it's bad for our being It's, you know, masking is, you know, it, it seems necessary in the short term because we need to fit in, in order to survive. And especially as children and young adults, we realize that, you know, we have to fit in. We have to pretend we fit in at least. And this is what causes the, the deep down anxiety, depression and burnout. But you know, we have to try to fit in to cut down on the bullying and the teasing, which happens to most autistic children from what I've heard. And so it's just very traumatic. And so that's something that I want to get across, (laughs) that it's traumatic just being autistic. When you are bullied and teased and depressed and full of anxiety without really knowing why. Really just as a result of being alive, you just feel this way and that's not good. So. So now what I'm gonna do the rest of this episode, I'm going to talk about some common autistic traits that are on, so that like if you hear something that I'm talking about and you think that you have that, there's a good chance that you are on the spectrum. So what I'm first gonna say though is, don't just go by one. So like if I say there's this trait and you might have this, I wouldn't just automatically say, Oh, well, that means I probably have autism too. It really is uh, a culmination of all of the, of a variety of different traits and they have to be present from childhood. So if you have not been diagnosed yet and you do go to get diagnosed, they need to know that this is something that you've had since childhood. Um, At least some of these traits. So I'm gonna start with, I'm gonna give an overview of the main categories of these traits. So almost all of these traits that I'm gonna talk about are gonna fall under one of these main categories. So the first one is social difficulties and some examples, actually what I'm gonna do is just name, I'm just gonna rattle off these categories and then I'll go deep into each one. So social difficulties, information processing, sensory processing, executive dysfunction, fine motor skills, repetitive behaviors, communication difficulties, special interests, and developmental delays. So let's go through the first one, which was social difficulties. So some examples of this would be struggling to make and maintain friendships, preferring to be alone rather than with others not feeling comfortable in large crowds or at events, not feeling comfortable speaking in a group, not feeling comfortable in group sports or group activities. You may avoid intimacy. So if any of those sound like you've struggled with them for since you've been a child and you still do, then you are probably on the spectrum. So the next category was information processing. So we're going to process information differently than neurotypical people. And here are some examples of that. Black and white thinking, which is the opposite of flexible thinking, being overwhelmed by lots of information, noticing details that others don't, and needing time to process information before responding. If you feel like you have difficulties with any of these then you are probably on the spectrum. The next one which is sort of related is sensory processing difficulties. So this can mean that you are either hypersensitive or hyposensitive which means you need a lot of stimulation. So the the most common things that people are Extremely sensitive to would be things like bright lights, loud noise, smells, tastes, textures of food or fabrics. Those are big ones. So if you are the opposite of that and you need constant stimulation, that's called hyposensitivity. And that would mean needing to always have something in your, you know, something going on. That could also be ADHD as well. And like I said, ADHD is a very common thing to also have if you have autism. So another example of sensory processing difficulties would be needing lots of downtime alone to recharge after being around others or being exposed to an overstimulating environment. So this could be confused with introversion and I'm not quite sure what would, well, I I will say that if you are introverted and you're not sure if you have autism, you're probably not going to have a lot of these other issues. You're probably going to be neurotypical with all of these other categories except for needing lots of alone time to recharge. So like I've always thought that I was an introvert and I might be, but I do also have autism. So. They overlap, of course, but there are times where autistic people can be outgoing and can seem like extroverts. I am like that when I'm around certain people and in certain situations, and these mostly have to do with special interests or people that are also on the spectrum. So the next category that I want to give some examples for is executive dysfunction. So these are some examples. If you have this, you would have difficulty keeping up with personal hygiene, difficulty with cleaning, organization, taking care of your health, making appointments. If you have chronic tardiness, Or some people actually are extra time sensitive, which make them early for everything. And I fall under that category. But I know that, like I said, all people with autism are different. You might be extremely um, late for things or you might be extremely early for things. It all depends on just the way your brain works. And also you might struggle with finding and keeping employment this is a big one for autistic people because we are so particular with, you know, our sensory environment with people. We have struggle struggles with so many things that work involves. So there is a, um, a statistic about autistic people and work that 80%, somewhere around 80% of autistic people are either unemployed or they struggle with work. They, they bounce around from job to job, or they only work part-time because they can't handle full-time. And that is me for sure. And of course, I'm going to be going way deeper into that subject in many episodes because work is such a big part of autism. It's such a big struggle for us. So I could, I'm probably going to have a lot of episodes about that. The next category is fine motor skills. So if you struggle with any of these, you may be autistic, having trouble with your handwriting, trouble with tying shoes, if you are clumsy, if you have difficulty walking smoothly, if you have difficulty playing sports, or if you have problems keeping your balance, any of those physical body issues are often a sign of autism. The next category is repetitive behaviors. This is a big one too. So some examples of repetitive behaviors would be stimming. (laughs) This is the main one because this is, this is like a, what stimming means is self stimulation. And this includes probably hundreds of different, different things because people make up their own. Like I've I've made up my own stims that I've never heard of before. Um, so there's a lot of different ways that you can do this. It's uh, basically repetitive behaviors that you need to do such as maybe um, twirling your hair, rocking back and forth side to side, always having to be moving some part of your body, rubbing your fingers together, picking at your skin, Biting your lips or the insides of your cheeks is a big one. I've always done that since I was a kid Um, Repeating words or phrases otherwise known as echolalia. This is a big one, too Um, Hand flapping which is a really big one and Hand flapping is a weird one because I don't really I mean i do it but i don't i didn't know that it was actually a weird thing like here's one example it's i also clap a lot like if i if i walk up to somebody that i know and i'm excited to see them i'll just like start clapping my hands and jumping up and down and smiling and instead of nor how normal people normally just like walk up to someone and say hello nice to see you and whatever not me i just jump up and down and clap my hands and i think that that's similar to hand flapping because it's always my hands moving and i do flap my hands wave my hands in the air wiggle them around whenever i'm excited about something or whatever it's that's just another example and also having repetitive daily activities like routines routines are big with autistic people So we want the same things on a regular basis. And when things change in those routines, it causes a lot of distress. This was a big question when I was diagnosed. It was asked in almost every one of the the assessments that I took, if you can handle change in routines. And this is a big one. And this even includes changes to plans. So let's say you're planning some things to do with some friends, and at the very last minute, they say, we're gonna do this instead. If, they, if that bothers you, then you're probably autistic because we are not laid back and easygoing when it comes to those sorts of things. The next category is communication difficulties, and this is an extension of the social difficulties, and there's a lot of them. So some examples of this would be missed social cues, and honestly i can't even tell you what these social cues are because i don't see them (laughs) my um the psychologist who tested me um kind of just explained this to me he's like i did this and i i noticed that you completely missed it and and i'm like well i yeah (laughs) so if i missed it that doesn't mean that means i don't know what it is in the first place So that's, uh, I know that's not much of a help, but if someone ever uh, accuses you of missing a social cue, then (laughs) you're probably autistic. And this is basically misunderstandings, misunderstandings due to different styles of communication, due to information processing. Oh my gosh. I've had so many examples of misunderstandings in my life that I couldn't even... Go. I'm gonna probably have an episode just about this. Uh, just a mismatch of communication and misunderstandings. It's so common with autistic people. Another example of a communication difficulty would be how autistic people prefer written communication as opposed to verbal. Some cannot do verbal at all. Of course, those are the the lower functioning autistic people, but. I'm mostly going to be talking, obviously, about people who can talk because I can talk. So, but it still means that we don't like to. Um, it's very strange that I have this podcast, and that's because I am not talking to a person. I'm talking to myself or nobody, which appears to be nobody. And a lot of autistic people have an easy time talking when it's this type of situation that's why there's a lot of autistic podcasts there's a lot of autistic YouTube channels because it doesn't feel like we're having a communication we're not communicating we're just talking to ourselves so but we still prefer writing and I actually do love to write and type and that's why I have in my other business I've got a blog so I love to type and if somebody wants to call me i just let the phone ring and i don't do it and i will be like let's chat through messenger or text that's how i am and also when it comes to calling um, phone calls is just horrible i've always had a phone issue and i never i always thought there was something wrong with me but nope that's just an autistic thing we would rather send an email than call So um, another thing is that uh, autistic people can go mute in stressful situations. So this is people that normally can talk, they can still go mute. And this has happened to me at least three times in my life that I've remembered. And I'm going to have an episode just about this. So I'm not going to go too in detail. But stressful situations can sometimes cause us to just not be able to speak temporarily. So um, many autistic people get perceived as cold or uncaring due to the lack of emotional skills and communication difficulties. We can tend to be blunt and honest to the point of appearing rude to other people because we don't see the point in lying or missed, what am I trying to say, misguiding people or being confusing, we just, you know, we see it as it is and we say it as it is and we don't have a filter. So we just say it in a blunt, honest way, which is great in some situations and not so great in others. So some more communication difficulties. There's a lot of them here. We have a tendency to be quiet unless we are talking about a subject that we are passionate about, which of course are these special interests or obsessions that we have. So either we don't talk enough or we talk too much. It's just like there is no middle ground. We also overexplain a lot. <laughs> this is me for sure. And this is so many other autistic people that. I think this comes from mis- the whole misunderstanding difficulty. When we feel misunderstood, we have to keep on explaining ourselves in different ways so that hopefully the other person can finally understand us. And maybe one of those ways will, something will click and they'll get it. So I do this all the time. And this is another example of rambling or going off on a tangent, just having to talk about something until we are just blue in the face because maybe then people will understand. So that's that. And I'm going to stop there because there I go over explaining. So the next category is special interests and this is one of my favorite ones. Oh my gosh, obsessions, obsessions with a topic to the point that it takes over your life. You can also be obsessed with other people, but this is mostly being obsessed with subjects. Um, The compulsion to learn every single detail about this thing. And when when you do know every single detail about it, you want to info dump. You just want to talk and talk and talk to others about your favorite subjects. And this goes back to what I said about either we're too quiet or we talk too much. So if you find that you do that, you are probably on the spectrum. And also that what goes along with having obsessions with interests is that you have a lack of interest in other topics. So you have a narrow focus only on what you love. Big one, this is such a big one. Like if I'm in a room full of people and I walk around and everybody's talking about things that I am not interested in at all, I will not talk. I will just sit back and just not talk. But if I find somebody that's talking about something that I'm obsessed with, I'm on it. I'll be right in their face just talking as much as they are. Big sign of autism. And the last category that I'm gonna give some examples for is developmental delays. So these can be many things. Um, General life milestones will be delayed. So you might live at home for a long time after you become an adult. For me, that was age 26 when I finally moved out. You may be slower to start dating that was me as well i didn't have a boyfriend until i was 26. i didn't go on a single date until i was 26. Um, people that have autism also take longer to learn things like riding a bike tying your shoes those were two things that i struggled with and i had to have my friend that was older than me well she was in my grade but she was in kindergarten with me but she was the one that had to teach me those things because I just didn't learn them easily they didn't come to me Um, there are also a lot of childhood developmental delays that you can have such as not speaking until a later age or not learning how to walk quick enough on the other side of that though, there are autistic people that learn how to do things really quick. So this is just basically another example of the, the spectrum of how the extremes can be. Like I know that there are some autistic people who learn how to s- talk in full sentences around like age two, like um, just completely really smart in those areas. And then there's those of us that just, nope, (laughs) I am not smart in no areas. (laughs) So there's different, many different types of people on the spectrum. So now that I've gone through all of those categories of the traits, if you have not been diagnosed and you recognize those traits in yourself, a lot of them, you probably are autistic and it would help you to seek a diagnosis and I think that's where I'm going to end this one because it's been over half an hour and I don't want to take up too much of your time and I really wanted to keep this episode simple so this was good for the hopefully this was a good episode for anybody that just wanted a basic overview a general idea of what autism is and the traits So thank you so much for listening and I really hope this was helpful for somebody out there and I will see you next time.